G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. One day back at the sawmill, I'm listening to Focus on the Family. I start up the machinery and uh, I notice this big blue button I hadn't really looked at before. I thought, oh, yeah, that stands out. What's that? Oh, it's a reset button. A bloke came over the radio as he said, I, I believe God wants to hit the reset button on marriages. And I'm just like, wow, that, that's confirmation. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today we have one of redemption, reunification and hope. After becoming a Christian, Michael Trevenian and wife Bonnie remarried two years after they were separated. We'll find out how they were able to find forgiveness and a new life in Christ as he shares his story with Karen Hunt. I was born in New South Wales, a little town called Tumut. We basically grew up on the, the south coast of New South Wales around Nara. Uh, Shoalhaven, Illawarra area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was pretty good. Uh, just yeah, grew up on farms and that, dairy farms and another property that was uh, just like a dry run of cattle and there was caves and it was right on the Shoalhaven River. It was fantastic growing up there, going to school. and Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Caves and rivers, that sounds fun. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. Great for a, a boy. Exploring. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Who was in your family at that time? Okay, there's um, my stepfather, mother and... Um, had a brother and a sister, Leslie and Andrew. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, what did you love to do besides the caves and the river? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I loved, that. loved to explore and uh, fishing and, and all sorts of things to do. I just loved to get outdoors, basically, as a normal teenager kid. I loved camping. Um, used to go camping in a big barn down the, down the flats there, and uh, that was fantastic, yeah, just sitting around the fire and that sort of thing. Was faith a part of your life at that time? Um, a little bit. I used to go to a, a youth group and um, a bloke by the name of Peter Mason, um, who would have been my youth group leader, and he was sort of like a, a father figure to me then. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, we were going to church as a, as a young young boy. And what did you choose to pursue once you left high school? Um, basically, um, my, my father lived in Queensland and um, I basically wanted to, to find out about my dad and who he was. So I felt a, a, a drawing to Queensland. I remember I got to a certain age there, around about 16, 17, and I remember running away from home. And uh, I lived in a garage at a mate's place. But then eventually I, I moved to Queensland to, to find out more about who Dad was. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, just felt a longing. So, yeah, it's just out of Caboolture near Brisbane there. So that was a brave move. So did you actually go and live with your dad then? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a rough journey for me. It's sort of a, a new road, um, but then I ended up going down a path that yeah, it wasn't the best path that I could walk down. So yeah, just got involved in, with drugs and alcohol, and I didn't know my identity. And yeah, just basic struggles of life. Did you find that identity? Uh, eventually, when I was about thirty. Yeah. <laughs> what happened in between? Well, I sort of travelled all around the place. Uh, broken relationships, uh, had three children, become a father, just moved all over Queensland basically from one place to another, finally settled down in Mundubra, 
That was about uh, 90, 96, I think it was. Uh-huh. What took you to Mundubra itself? Well, um, my children's mother had uh, parents in Mundubra. Yeah. So that we, we come up this way looking for work and uh, found a job in the, in the sawmill. So I've been there for about 20 years and it's... Uh, yeah, it's been a, a few changes along the way. In the same season. workplace, yeah? Yeah, same workplace, yep. But not in 94, I started at the sawmill in Mundubra. So you became the local boy in the Mundubra sawmill, and today you are, I believe, a Canadian operator. What does that mean? <laughs> You're not Canadian, I can tell that. No, I'm an Aussie. Uh, <laughs> Canadian um, operators, uh, I break down the, the logs. I mm-hmm. cut up the logs on the, the big buzzsaw and uh, send the flitches down to the benchmen. So, yeah, that's, that's an art in itself. And, yeah, it's a, it's a good job. I enjoy it. Michael, you're involved there at the Mundubra New Life Centre. You actually found new life in that township. That didn't come instantly, though. What was happening when you first arrived? It's about 94 when I got my job in the sawmill and it, um I was just, just lost and broken and searching and, you know, we're, we're a little family that were, we were struggling. We had, had a couple kids and we had another one, so three children between us. And it was just a, yeah, just thinking about it now, it was just a, a total struggle with life, um, trying to work out our identities and we guess, we, you know, we turned to different things, drugs and alcohol and, and gambling and it's that sort of lifestyle which wasn't good for anyone, uh, especially the kids. But um, that's just some of the poor choices that we, we both made. But, yeah, moving on, we sort of, that fell apart, um, totally fell apart. It was a mess. Um, we weren't married. Uh, we, we separated. It was quite nasty. And we ended up um, having a, a court battle. I, I won custody of my children, so... I had to learn to grow up pretty quick and make some better choices than the ones I was making. But I, mm. I still, you know, I realise today. I, I look back there and you know, I still had a, a struggle with who I was and my own identity, I suppose. But it wasn't until um, later on I I met met Bonnie. That's when I met Bonnie, and um, she she's good with paperwork and things like that. And she she certainly was a great help to me when I was going through that season with with court cases and and all that those sort of trials and things that were happening in my life at that time. So it sounds like there was quite a bit of dysfunction happening there uh, within oh, yeah. your relationship, yeah. uh, within your parenting. Bonnie yeah. sounds like a bit of a shining angel, would you say? <laughs> yeah, it was certainly yeah, it was a, a, quite a big a change at that stage. Um, yeah. How did you meet Bonnie? Well, I met Bonnie through a, another friend of mine and she, she came to town and you know, I just yeah, just met her through another friend, basically. But then she was there to sort of help me out with the with all the paperwork and things like that. Um, with all the administration. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's currently a youth worker though now, isn't she? A community yeah. youth worker. Yes, yeah, doing a fantastic job in Mundubra. Is that what she was uh, doing when you first met? No, she wasn't. She had a few different jobs um, around town. Uh, she worked at a. Yeah, different, just different areas, shops and uh, steel yard, <laughs> mobs and steel yard there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did a few different things. And she herself had some children as well? Yeah, but you had three kids, roughly about the same age as, as my three. So we, we did end up together a few years down the track and uh, and there was uh, the start of a, 
a lot better journey than the one we were on. We ended up, we got married in October 98, and we had a child between us, Alia. She's now 14. Mm-hmm. We're probably still about married for about just over two years or so, and um, yeah, still, you know, things sort of fell apart again. It's that same sort of cycle. I was pretty reliant on drugs, and, and Bonnie had her own uh, baggage, I guess, she was carrying and different things in life that she was struggling with as well, and just, you know, that's same old scene, and it wasn't it wasn't long until we, we basically, we separated. So, yeah, just married over just two years or so, but that's the breaking point right there where basically found new life and, and um, was walking home and, and seen the cross that night, and I was just uh, strange to explain, but I just wow that's going to mean something one day and and that turning point was probably a couple of months after that where I walked into the church you know I used to go to church when I was young but I didn't comprehend you could have a relationship with Christ mm-hmm. I just thought oh yeah sort of like religion church or whatever but um it's yeah I got a different revelation of it that just blew me away I was so lost and broken and he invited Jesus into my life I said well you know, I've got nothing to lose but <laughs> everything to gain Oh, for sure. It just blows me away how far the journey's been and how it grows your faith. And it's just, yeah, it's fantastic. So you mentioned you saw the cross. Were you literally just walking by on the roadside one day? Yeah. Tell us. Yeah, stumbling home one night from Mm -hmm. the pub and um, the cross was lit up and I just stopped and looked at the cross and thought, wow, it's... And I declared... You know, that's going to mean something one day. I was pretty sloshed. And um, it just, it was so clear in my memory that it was just really a, an encounter, I'd describe it as. And I actually wrote a song about it later on, Thank You, Lord, for leaving the light on. And, um, yeah, it's just a, a real turning point, that, that circumstance right there. And I sort of think back, you know, I've had a, a wonderful little grandma that used to pray for me. She said, Mike, I pray for you all the time because you need it. God bless her. God bless her. Yeah, huh? yeah it's a wonderful ministry. And she's still alive? No, she she's passed on now for about six years or so now. Yeah. Um, it was certainly an influence in my life, an encouragement, someone I could ring when I was a bit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she certainly loved the Lord and uh, that, that influence was there. Those, those seeds were planted and, and all the prayers that she spoke, um, they certainly have an effect later on in life. Yeah. I can see that now. <laughs> So family for you in Mundubra, you told me that you had like 10 years of separation from Bonnie. Yep. So combined, your seven kids are there. Bonnie was there as well throughout that time. Yep. And you were there as well? Yes. Okay, so fill us in on the story. What happened? Well, we were like the, like the Brady Bunch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Happily married and the kids and all going off to school. Um I guess I, I look back now, I think, well, I was on night shift. And to me, I, I sort of reflect on it now, you know, I was an absent father and an absent husband, you know, and when the weekend came, it was sort of more time to myself and with my family. So I guess when you you got that foundation, things fall apart pretty quickly. And uh, that's that's the start of everything, just falling apart, you know, looking for answers. You turn to alcohol to feel a bit better or drugs or, or gambling to, to have more money and just chasing after things that, that weren't as important as actually spending time with family and, and, and being a dad and being a husband. Um, 
Yeah, so no, I can see it now, but at that time I was just, just blind, just walking in the, in darkness, basically. So your separation from your wife, your separation from your God, there was uh, a flame being rekindled, you were saying, back within the church. Was there a, a Christian family around you to be able to support you and encourage you and spur you on? Yeah, there was actually. Um, the pastor at the time, John Hill, wonderful man. He's, um, he's really encouraging. We, we had a lot in common. He, he was a builder and he played guitar at the time. So that was, um, yeah, that was certainly a, a good help, someone to talk to when you feel like you couldn't talk to someone. And, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, just, uh, he invited Jesus into my life and everything turned around from that, that point onwards. Um, what difference did he make in your life then? Oh, everything. I, I found out about forgiveness and uh, how powerful it is, um, no matter what circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, even if you have to, you know, God, help me forgive. <laughs> Just all sorts of um, building stones like that, you know, forgiveness and anger and, you know, you can say goodbye to addictions and all that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a new road. It's a better life. One proverb that really really blew me away and I just hung on to it. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And, and that was a real, I just hung on to that scripture and it was just yeah, amazing, really encouraged me. So it sounds like you had to be cleared out and cleaned out from the uh, inside out, yeah? <laughs> definitely, because I failed that many times. Yeah, I wanted to do it God's way instead of my way, and um, that was okay. It certainly benefits today, and uh, that's the best part of my life. Um, best best day of my life is when I made that decision, not just a religious thing, but an actual a relationship with the Lord. You can you can pray, you can tell Him all your hurts and all your all the broken places. You can discuss that with God and read the scriptures, and He actually does communicate with you. And uh, and I, I didn't know that before, but um, he reconciles us and back to him. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's awesome. You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with Michael Trevanion from Mundubra, Queensland. We've just heard how drug and alcohol abuse led to the separation of him and his wife only after two years of marriage. Thankfully, that's not where the story ends. We'll hear more about the transformation in his life and about their remarriage when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today we're continuing with Karen Hunt's chat with Michael Trevenian, who's sharing his story of redemption, reunification and hope. Before the break, we heard how a pastor taught Michael about the power of forgiveness after he gave his life to Jesus. Now we turn to the reunion between Michael and his wife, Bonnie. You guys actually came back together again and your marriage has since been reconciled. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I, um, God's good. <laughs> we, um, we separated in um, December 2001 
and um, it was probably after, you know, Bonnie went to the Gold Coast. She took the, her kids to the Gold Coast. Alia, the, uh, the little girl we had between us, went to the Gold Coast too. And so, yeah, that was pretty tough, that separation part of things. And um, we actually got divorced in, in June 2006. Yeah, I thought, oh, well, I guess I'll move on. And um, but one thing I did, I was always praying for God's plan and His purpose in my life. I always hung on to that. You know, sometimes things don't work out the way we expect them to. That's because God's got something better in store and we just don't know it yet. So I definitely see that as uh, part of God's plan in my life um, is was to reconcile me uh, back to my wife. So what so was, was it probably, that brought you back together? What was the turning point? Well, actually, Bonnie, she actually moved back to Mundubra. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really bizarre because, you know, it's the recession was on about that time and she actually somehow got a, a loan for a house and it all went through for her and it was like a miracle in itself so it was pretty bizarre how she ended up back here because she she didn't even have a job at the time but she was uh had a, had a job lined up and uh just circumstances like that and i thought oh that's that's interesting and uh yeah it was a period of time where she was living her own life and her own house, and that I got to see the kids again, which was fantastic. So, but I was always praying for God's plan and purpose, and and the journey that I'd been on, you know, uh, with forgiveness and and all those sort of things. You know, I I didn't hang on to that baggage because it was just weighing me down, and I was just hanging on to God, and uh, yeah, just things just slowly started to change, and. Someone spoke out of me and said, you know, God's going to reconcile, reconcile your marriage. And, you know, I thought, well, yeah, I believe God's doing something here. So I just hung on to that. And uh, one day back at the sawmill, I'm, I'm listening to Focus on the Family uh, with the, the earphones under the earmuffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I start up the machinery and uh, I noticed this big blue button I hadn't really looked at before. I thought, oh, yeah, that stands out. What's that? Oh, it's a reset button. I didn't really notice it. It was just funny how I noticed it right there in that time, that day. Yeah. And I started the machinery up and focus on the family came on and a bloke came over the radio and said, these are the words he said, I, I believe God wants to hit the reset button on marriages. And I'm just like, wow, that, that's confirmation. So, yeah, I was just, just praying for God to show me if if this is his plan and his purpose. Uh, just, just show me, give me wisdom. And, yeah, and I found a... I found a letter um, that just dropped on the floor out of a folder one day and I, I picked it up and I read this letter. I thought, oh, that's an old letter. It's um, back in the year 2000 and we were, we were married and I, and I sort of skimmed through it and I looked at the bottom and it, and it was signed by Bonnie and it said, I, I love you, my husband. I want to come home. Mm. She was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's just really stood out on the paper and it's just bizarre how it fell on the ground in front of me and you know, mm. I love you my husband I want to come home mm. it's just more confirmation uh, that God was going to reconcile the, the marriage and uh, it's just yeah it's been it's been wonderful did she know that you'd become a Christian in this time yeah and she was watching yeah <laughs> she was keeping a good eye on me apparently so yeah that uh and she liked um, what she said, and she could see that it was genuine. God did change my life. She thought, oh, well, we'll see how long this lasts. Was this something new for her in her world? Yeah, she um, she had a relationship with the Lord, 
in a way, but um, there was probably uh, a lot more to, to learn, I guess, uh, or for both of us, yeah. Yes, just uh, it all sort of fell into place. And was that your initiative or her initiative or a bit of both? It was really funny. Um, oh, that's right. I just remembered now. I, um, she's living down the bottom house of the street. She had a house down the bottom of the street. I've had a house up the top of the street. And this is around about the stage of reconciliation. And uh, she said, can I see you for a minute? Can, uh, you know, I walked down the road to meet her. And she looked at me and she said, you've been praying for our marriage to be reconciled. <laughs> wow. I said, I said, well, yeah, I was actually. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a moment in time where we both, um, or she certainly got a revelation of what was going on and yeah. she was, uh, she felt that God was drawing us back together as well. And so we just, um, we, we just prayed about things and just asking for God's wisdom. And we even went back to the place where we were married before, down Bicentennial Park. We just handed over everything to the Lord. Uh, we just spoke forgiveness over each other, everything that's happened in the past. It's just all, the, the slate's been wiped clear. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just been wonderful. It's a bit like, you know, when we give our hearts to the Lord, He just mm. wipes everything clear and there's a, a new beginning. Uh, old things pass away, we become a new creation. And yeah, it's, it's just, that's a wonderful journey. I can't, I just can't thank God enough. It's been awesome. And again, the name of your church, Mundubra New Life Centre. <laughs> New Life, all right. What yep. does life look like now that you've both remarried? You've got your seven kids. What's family life like now? Oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, we've been uh, remarried um, for nearly two years now. Mm-hmm. And the awesome part of it is that you know, when there's when there's something comes along or that unsettles someone or whatever, we can we can pray together. We communicate a lot better. There's there's forgiveness. We don't have to get uh, angry. Uh, we know how to deal with it because Christ is in our lives, and and it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful gift. It's a blessing. Uh, we just just have that knowledge of how to deal with things a lot better in life. Instead of instead of darkness, we've got light. Uh, oh, it's just exciting to see what's ahead because you know, God has a plan and a purpose and, and it's just it's just wonderful. Anything could happen. <laughs> and it probably will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me, Michael, how old are the seven kids now and how happy are they? Oh, they're um, sort of uh, all over the place. Um, we've got young Sky, Bonnie's uh, eldest daughter, Sky. She's in Brisbane. Uh, they're all around about 20, 22, around about that age. And the youngest one, Alia, she's 14. Yeah, so we've got three boys and four girls. So is it just Alia that's with you at home now? Yeah, just Alia. And, uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, yeah, it's really, it, it's so it's so good to have that environment. Uh, well, it wasn't a, the environment before was... Just totally, yeah. So it's a lot different. And how is she coping now after the transformation from the oh, uh, from the just, ugly grubness to the beautiful butterfly? <laughs> oh, she was so happy. She was um, she was really wrapped that we got back together, like we reconciled. That that just meant so much to her. I used to say, you know, just remember that Dad loves you. Every time you see the moon, just remember that I love you. 
and uh, she always hung on to that. And um, but she was she was so wrapped uh, that that mum and dad were were getting married again. And yeah, it's just just wonderful. She's she's really blooming. She loves the horses, and yeah, she's she's quite a character, confident little girl. And um, yeah, it's just a wonderful blessing. We can you know you can pray over things and. You know, that God's got a plan and a purpose, and you know, just pray that over her life. And you know, future husband, and <laughs> she can she can learn from what God's taught us, and it's just just wonderful. God bless you, Michael. Thanks for sharing. You have a great day. Thanks, Karen. That was Karen Hunt chatting with Michael Trevenian from Mundubra, Queensland. And what an amazing story of transformation from the dysfunctional beginning of his marriage with Bonnie to a separation and finally reconciliation and remarriage after they both put their faith in Jesus. Fantastic. It's a great testament to the new life that's found when we surrender ourselves to Christ and the power of God's forgiveness at work in our own lives. The verse that comes to mind is from Jeremiah where the Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Well, thanks for joining us for Michael and Bonnie's story of transformation. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today.